ladies and gentlemen, welcome to this week's edition of the Last Out Podcast on the Nittany Sports Now Network. He's Kevin Quigley. I'm Jared Prigar. Kevin, Penn State plays football again this week. They had last week off the bye week. I think they won the bye week to an extent. James Franklin spent the week gallivanting all over the country, recruiting, so did his coaching staff. But now it's on to UMass, UMass, UMass. And, and Penn State has a lot at stake for the remainder of the season. They really do. And the goal this week is obviously to win the game and to be healthy. Katron Allen got a little banged up. A couple other guys got a little bit banged up against Northwestern. Uh, Going to be a rainy one on Saturday, late in the afternoon. Going to be cold. Excuse me. Handle your business. Be healthy because the season starts next weekend for when the road trip to Columbus happens. Yeah, absolutely. Um, this uh, I've said this before. And we talked about it again earlier this week, but the way the Penn State schedule sets up is, is really nice. And James Franklin was taken so out of context in his statements earlier this week on Tuesday to James, you know, his, his weekly press conference, because people just don't understand how to read right now. People don't understand critical thinking, especially when it comes to stuff like that. And the, you, you see that he talks about the conference scheduling and he talks about it was Michigan he was talking about. It. He didn't mention them by name. Well, scheduling a week non-conference. Well, in this in college football, like it or not, that's how you have to do it, right? And, and Penn State's been no stranger to, to buying games, right? They've had Villanovas. They've had Ohio's. Well, Ohio did beat them years ago. But Idaho. they've had those – Idaho. Georgia State. Delaware, Delaware this year. This year. You know, and, and even this game, you know, I think UMass is going to make about $1.6 million off of this. You know, listen, if I if somebody offered me $1.6 million to show up and play football, hell yeah, I would do it, right? You know, if somebody's willing to pay me any kind of money to play football, first of all, they're dumb. But second of all, you know, I'm going to do it. But, you know, schedule aside, now you have your nice little tune-up game for, for UMass. It's going to be sloppy. You're, it's, and they're, they're wearing the best jerseys that they have right now. It, the generations of greatness jerseys, and I and I love I Penn State. It, it's funny because we're we're talking about jerseys in Penn State, and they've had so that you take a stripe off or you put numbers or, or names on the jerseys, and people lose their crap. Right, it's wild. But Penn you State, put Argyle in the end zones. Oh, dude, the Argyle dude, end zone was my favorite. I love that, my, but my the favorite fan base lost their mind. Fun fact, real quick. I know I've said this on other podcasts before, but. Did you know that they were going to demonst- they were going to debut these jerseys for Bill O'Brien's first game? Or, or Christian, it would have been a Christian Hackenberg's first start in the Metal Lane back at MetLife Stadium against Syracuse years ago. They were going to they, they had the gray they had the pants in they had everything in and then they nixed it. They had the gray face mask. Bill O'Brien thought it would be too much for the first game. James Franklin pulls this out of the archives. And this is a really nice jersey. You know, you have the numbers in the helmets. You have the, the stripes back. The lion shrine is at the home plate of the chest, which is really nice. You have the stripe on the pants. And you got white shoes, man. White shoes. And I love that. Um, but And the striped the, socks. Navy striped I mean, socks. Yes. They get such a crisp jersey. The only way that I would like it probably more is if they went with the true throwback and rocked black jerseys with pink lettering. Um, the original jerseys, uh, and and brought out a black helmet with a pink stripe. I think that would be just such a gorgeous look. Um, you know, we're recording this on Wednesday, so of course, like on Wednesdays, we wear pink, right? But 
No, something like that would be really neat. Um, I don't know if that's something that would even be in the cards, but that's you know that's the history of the of the, of the jerseys. But for Penn State, they need to come out and they just need to dominate. They're going to dominate. You know, we'll talk about Don Brown and UMass in the second segment here. Uh, because he's no stranger to Penn State from his time at Maryland. And, or, and, well, yeah, from his time when he was at Maryland and same thing at, at Michigan as well. But, again, just come out and play your game. You don't – do not force things. There's too much talk these days about forcing things, whether it's down the field, whether it's wherever. Just get what, just do what you're good at and do what the defense has given you. That's all you got to do to win football games. And for Penn State, take what UMass is going to give you and and go with it. And I think that's what they need to do to win and get out of there in a situation just like you did the first five games of the year where Bo Prabula ends up playing the second half or the in the second half of the game. Yeah, and Saturday's going to be critical because the weather's going to be absolute crap. And they've had a week to prepare for this. So what have they worked on? Have they worked on pushing the ball down the field? Well, now it's going to be about 45 degrees and raining. Do we want to be throwing the ball 40 yards down the field? Not unless it's probably wide open. Like, if there's a blown coverage, show off that arm. Let's see what it can do. But, like, ground and pound, strategic passing game, sustain 10-play drives like they've been doing all season long. Just show it off. Just be like Ohio State, yeah. You want to try to get us off off schedule? That's fine. We'll put we'll put together seventeen play drive like they did against was it Iowa? They put a seventeen play drive together. Mm-hmm. Like if that's what it's going to do to win, that's what it's going to do to win. And I, it's again, I will say it again. Be healthy. That's the only thing. There's no. I think ESPN has this as a ninety nine point one ninety nine percent win percentage for Penn State according to FPI, which is the most bogus rating system out there. But ninety nine percent chance to win. They're not going to lose this game. They're they're not going to lose. Win this game, be healthy, because the season starts next week. And that's that's all there is to it. Yeah. The the biggest thing for them is to stay healthy. Listen, just do what makes – if it ain't broke, they'll fix it. You're you're scoring 30-plus points a game. You don't need to force the ball. Yeah, okay, when you're scoring – you're winning games by two scores. You're in the 30s and and sometimes in the 40s for points. And and it's – in a season where they've adjusted the clock, where the games are now faster, you wouldn't believe it if you watched the big noon kickoff games, but they are faster. They are going a lot smoother because they're not stopping the clock after every first down. But you you have to be able to just do what you're good at. Play to your strengths. If you're not a deep ball-throwing team, then don't throw the ball deep. You can have that threat. But just be able to be strong with what you're good at. That's what's important. That's what matters for Penn State. Again, come out, establish dominance early. It would be nice to see them get a good start. This is a 3.30 kickoff game. It's going to be miserable out. I'm going to be full of barbecue food because there is a barbecue fest out on Curtin Road uh, before the game, and and my chunky little butt is going to be right out there eating barbecue food from Rams up and smoked barbecue. So, you know, in the smoked mac and cheese, if you're up there on Curtin Road, Please come by and say hi if you're dry. If I'm dry too, I don't want to be super miserable uh, all day Saturday and get soaked. But come by and say hi. I'll be in my rain gear mingling and eating and shoving my face. But again, stay true to what you're good at. 
take care of business against UMass, and that's what you've got to do. Yeah, and weather weather aside, it is homecoming weekend. Enjoy what festivities do not get canceled. Uh, the parade, um, the guests, the alumni bands, blue bands going to be there. So enjoy the home the home game festivities. But um, unfortunately, it looks like the weather's probably going to ruin a lot of that stuff. But we got new uniforms to look to, and we got a football game. We for the first time Mother in two Nature, weeks. Mother Nature remains undefeated. Right, Kevin? But you're right. It's first game in two about two weeks. Good for Penn State. Get back on the field and, and show everybody what you're made of. Again, just take care of business. But for this segment, let's go ahead and talk a little bit about UMass and Don Brown when we come back after this break on the Lashing Out podcast on the Sports Now Network. Welcome back to the second segment of the Lashing Out Podcast and the Sports Now Network. He's Kevin. I'm Jared. We just got through a nice little choppy segment there in, in segment number one. Let's talk a little bit about, more about UMass and Don Brown. Don Brown is, is a familiar name in Big Ten circles. Uh, no stranger to UMass when he was there years ago in the early 2000s. But for, for a guy that's familiar with Penn State and playing and coaching against them, you know, he he was at Michigan from 2016 to 2020. Those um, those five seasons, Penn State went three and two against Don Brown defenses. And in those two losses, though, um, they only managed seven and 17 points. Um, I'm sorry, seven and 10 points. And they were both in an arbor. And that was that 42 to seven game in 2018 that um, – Nobody wants to remember, and the same thing with the forty-nine to ten in two thousand sixteen that everybody still doesn't want to remember. But you know, he hung forty-two. They hung forty-two on him in two thousand seventeen, and then twenty-eight and twenty-seven in, in nineteen and twenty. And twenty twenty was a tire fire of a year, of of course. But that's a late game, late in the season game, and Michigan was just not the same program. He leaves, goes to Arizona, and now he's at UMass. And UMass is, you know, James Franklin and it is so poignant when he speaks, right? He has a message every time that he talks. It might not be this message that jumps out and gets you, but it's a message that it, it, it is, it does, there is, there is a method to his madness. He comes out and talks about UMass's quarterback, how he's one of the best quarterbacks they've seen. This is an explosive UMass offense, but it'll be interesting to see how this defense plays now after a week. You mentioned the preparation. It, for the last two weeks, a lot of that first week of the bye week is essentially J, not JV, but but getting young guys reps, right? It, it it's healing up. It, it's getting to that point where you're now, you know, getting stronger, getting that depth built, and, and really just refining some of those those fine tuned mistakes and issues that you've had throughout the first five games of the season. This week, now we're back to game prep. But I'm going to be perfectly honest with you. They've prepped for UMass about all they need to. I don't think it's going to be that hard for them. That's no disrespect for UMass, but that's just the speaking to the preparation it takes for teams. Their focus, and they won't ever come out and say this, has also been looking ahead to next week. Yeah. Don Brown's Dr. Blitz. UMass could come up with a very good defensive game plan for Penn State, and I think it's great practice. 
Will their defense make impact plays? Maybe one or two. Do I expect Penn State to turn on the turn the ball over? You know, Nick Singleton and Catron Allen don't wear gloves in the rain. They had fumble problems last year. They had a little bit of fumble problems in the rain. I think Nick Singleton had a fumble in the rain. Uh, was that Delaware? And he fumbled last week, first opening kickoff of Northwestern. So ball security could be a thing. A minute, UMass's defense can potentially make a splash. And this guy knows how to coach defense. He's been coaching defense for, what, 35 years? He's been first, his first defensive coordinator job was in 1983. So 40 years ago. So this guy knows his way yeah. around the football field. James Franklin, I'm sure, has the utmost respect for him. They did they overlap at Maryland? I'm pretty sure they overlapped at Maryland. It wouldn't uh, make sense if they did. They're very, like we've said, they're very familiar with each other. Yeah. Um, so, so James Franklin has a lot of respect for him. And their offense has shown the ability to make big plays. They've got a couple of pass plays of 50 yards or more, and they've got two quarterbacks. They they can both play equally well. So this is a game that that they could show some promise. They could have some flash, but I I don't think, especially given the weather, given Penn State's defense, that it's going to be much of a contest. Yeah, they did overlap in 2009, 2010, when they were both at Maryland. So, yeah, I mean, that's the thing. I Defensively, I think they'll pose a little bit of a challenge. I think that's, again, you look at the schedule makeup, you look at the way things are kind of playing out for Penn State. This is a really good tune-up, again, for Ohio State. That's a noon game. And let's be real, that's the game that matters. That's the beginning of the rest of the season. This is just kind of your your nice little your pregame for that, which is good. And I think that's a great way to set the schedule up. And I think that's one of the things, you know, looking forward or looking ahead is teams are going to set their, their non-conference schedules up in a, in a similar fashion. Gone are the days where you're going to challenge Big Ten or Power Five teams like West Virginia, like Pitt. Those days are gone. Those days are 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 in the in the rearview mirror because what good does it do to have two losses or a potential for losses in the in the game? And for Penn State, especially, you know, you can play Pitt and you can host Pitt in, in West Virginia. We said this a couple times, but why would you go there when you can make seven, ten million dollars on a given weekend? You know, have those six, seven, eight um, games at home and make your money. Make those make bank and enjoy that while getting a win. You more than pay for the money you're paying the other program. It's also good for you know for college sports in this area. You look at having a Duquesne come to Penn State selfishly, a Robert Morris to Penn State when they get to the scholarship level they need to. Having team and even the St. Francis here, Robbie. I'm going to be at St. Francis uh, Thursday night for their for their national um, national TV game. Covering that for you out to the mirror. But, you know, even the local, the regional schools like UMass, and, and it really boosts the area around you rather than go out and, you know, it, it's, it is the easy way out. But that easy way out now matters because of the way that things are, are set up for everybody. Yeah. When you play nine conference games, it's, it's hard to get a Power Five program in, still meet your seven game home schedule, and, Make sure that you're ready and healthy for the Big Ten con- for the Big Ten schedule. When it's important that the Big Ten schedule is the one that matters. And if you lose an out of conference game, well, that's one of the first disqualifiers for the Big Ten tiebreakers. Like I think that's like third or fourth. So why why risk? Why take the risk? And 
I think you mentioned earlier about this is a good test for Penn State. Don Brown knows how to coach linebackers. He knows how to dial up pressure. What's Ohio State good at? They've got good edge rushers. They've got good linebackers. So the talent that UMass is putting out on the field, because they're not a Power 5 program, they're an independent, a low-level independent. They've won two games in two years. So the schemes, at least, will be challenging for Penn State to identify. They might not be the best players that are out there in college football. Occasionally, UMass puts a guy on the NFL. But it would be great for the offensive line to see complex schemes that they've, you know, they might, it's good to see a complex scheme with a lesser athlete than it is when it's JT Tui Malolau for Ohio state. I know I butchered his name, but it's better when it's a UMass defensive end than it is Ohio state's probably top five pick. So yeah, it's a great tune up and yeah, Penn state's going to make $5 million this weekend and pay 1.6 to UMass. Yeah. That's on the low end. Um, yeah, but that that might just come from parking. But no, that's that's the thing. You know, the way the the, the market is dictating certain things, and that's kind of the way that, that things are going for Penn State and the way things are trending nationally. And you you can't go against the green. Going against the green is not going to get you anywhere. The goal, like James Franklin said on Tuesday, is be undefeated. You want to set yourself up to be in that final group. You want to be in the playoff. That's where the money's at. That's where the talent is at. That's where you see where you stack across the country. Right now, Penn State is sitting comfortably in sixth. If it was a 12-2 playoff, they are in comfortably, for that matter. Heck, they might even get a home playoff game at, at that ranking, which Beaver Stadium in December will be a blast. That would be great. Yeah, especially be very if you ship cool. Alabama. Ship, ship Alabama up from Tuscaloosa. Yeah, right? Yeah, have some of the SEC teams play above the Mason-Dixon line, and you know, after the month of September. But yeah, I mean, that's the thing. You, you just come out, and for UMass, it, it's going to prove it, – it, It's I think it's going to be close in the first quarter. And, and that's only solely because Penn State's going to have a little bit of rust, and UMass is going to be fired up for this game. They get to play in front of 110,000 people. How often do they get to do that? You know, and that's, I think, one of the special things about the atmosphere of Beaver Stadium. But then that novelty is going to wear off and it's going to end up being, you know, a Penn State victory. It's going to be a Penn State route. And and that's what needs to happen. They need to just come out and take care of business and let everything else fall to its uh, fall where it does. You know, control what you can control. And then next week, take care of business in Columbus. Yep. I got five bucks on them to take, uh, take care of business in Columbus. I've been called a, uh delusional by some of my co-workers uh in my real job um yeah go one and know this weekend that's what you can control and who cares if they're still ranked number six and then oklahoma jumped them it's not going to matter at the end of the season penn state has the number three team in the ranked ranked team in the country coming up and the number two ranked team in the country coming up you win both of those games there is no way that you will be ranked behind oklahoma there's no way you'll be ranked behind ohio state there's no way you'll be ranked behind michigan you're going into the playoff with probably the best resume. And you're probably going yeah. in as the number two seed. If you go in out, I'm not saying that they will, but they have the chance to go in as the number two team in the playoff. And that starts by taking care of business on you of UMass on Saturday. That's it. That's right. No, I couldn't have said it any better myself, Kevin, but we're going to take care of business here. 
take a quick break and come back for the third and final segment of the Lashing Out Podcast on the Nitty Sports Down Network after this break. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the final segment of the Lashing Out Podcast and the Sports Now Network. Yeah, I'm a little fired up. Kevin, it's going to be rainy, it's going to be wet, it's going to be miserable. But I'm going to be warm and comfy in the press box. Yep, you it'll be raining down. Warm and comfy where? I believe in my friend's house watching college football. We had a bachelor party scheduled this weekend for uh, forum, and we had to move it indoors. So, unfortunately, we will be warm. Um, weather for State College on Saturday, high of 50, low of 44. Rain, rain, and more rain, up to a half an inch of rain, heavy at times, as a front moves through the area, up and down the entire mid-Atlantic. Seven-mile-an-hour winds, so nothing to be concerned about there, but it is a 98% chance of rain per weather.com. Hence State is a 40... So you're telling me there's a chance. I'm telling you that there's a uh, great, a uh, slim chance that it's not going to rain, uh, but I wouldn't, I wouldn't, uh, I wouldn't put your uh, nuggies on that one. Penn State is a 41.5-point favorite with an over-under 54.5 points. You taking either of those? I have Penn State 45, UMass nothing. So you have nothing. I've got got them covering. They'll cover for a sixth straight week. That much rain, that cold of weather. I mean, it's really the first week. I mean, it's only been cold. It's been cold up there. But it's only been it's been cold down here. But it's only it's only been cold for a week. So first game really, really in that colder weather. I mean, this is November weather. This is early November weather. Yeah, uh, I got forty nine to three just because I can't pick the same thing that you do. So I got forty nine to three. I think they're going to put seven tutties on them, and UMass is going to squeak out a field goal in the first half, probably on one of their first few drives, and then that's going to be about it. My concern is the but last course, fourth quarter drive. That's that's my concern. I I had UMass six. <laughs> yeah, I had UMass six, but I just don't think they'll keep their starters in all, all game. When you're down fifty six to nothing, they just get no. They're not going to. They're going to get some other guys reps, and I think that's in, in the Adam Brenneman Bowl. I think that's really what what matters the most. But Penn State is not the only game going on. Hold on, on side weekend. bet. Side bet. Ooh. Oh, we that's got right. bets. we got to do our side bet. We got bets to settle. I am winning, correct? No, we're. Uh, I am now up because I even went generous two weeks ago. I said Northwestern two hundred forty yards of offense. You even went gave me two hundred and fifty, and State held them to one seventy five. Yeah, I took the. Yeah, it wasn't. I had the under. You, you, I had the I under. Know. You that wasn't her. You picked first. I told you I wanted the under, and I said you could set the number. Yeah. So uh, you could have gone as That's low as we wanted to. And you went you went above where I even recommended. Three two, baby. All right. The bet this week. The number of Penn State offensive plays above twenty or thirty yards. Twenty would obviously be a bigger number, and the thirty yard plays would trump it if if they uh, didn't meet the number of 20-yard plays, if they have one less, like, 30-yard plays. So let's say we say four 20-yard plays. If they get four, if they get three 30-yard plays, we could uh, go over-under on that. 
20 or 30 yard plays against Auburn. They had two rushes greater than 40 yards, two pass, four pass plays total greater than 30 or greater than 20 yards, including a 30 and a 33. And that's Auburn's offense led by Peyton Thorne. I've got under, under five, over 30. Under five. That's, I was thinking under three. Three thirty, three thirty plus yard. Points. Okay. All right. So I've got, I've got over three. You've got under three. We'll set the bar at three. I wanted the over for explosive plays. I just thought five was a little bit aggressive. Let's settle on four. So five, okay. tw- five twenty, five plays twenty yards or more, four plays thirty yards or more, and I'll take the over. All right. Luckily, you're handling this all. Four, five, and four. Five and four. Five dash twenty. Four comma thirty. Kevin over. Typing it down. It's in the books. Excellent. Uh, now let's talk a little bit more about Sorry, that was a really complicated bet. Life. Yeah, that was yeah, that thank God you're an engineer, man. <laughs> I can't now, even add subtract. Don't don't put that on me. Yeah. Um so you we've got UMass and Penn State kicking off at three thirty. Big the Ten Network slate is Big Ten Network. Big Ten Not Network. any yes. other other network, Big Ten Network. So if you don't have it, find somebody who does. That's right. So, so Georgia is on at noon at CBS against Vandy. Uh Indi- Indiana is at Michigan. Ohio State's at Purdue. Ross Age Stadium isn't very fond of the Buckeyes in recent history. Could Ohio State be looking ahead to Penn State? Hope not. More will it's be on the peacock. Out. On the cop. Yeah. That's right. Poor Michigan has big noon for what seems like every game. Um, but couldn't happen to a better school. Um, Syracuse is at Florida State. Um, I think that's a tricky game. Syracuse got boat raced by North Carolina, but North Carolina is good. And they got Tez Walker back. Like North Carolina is going to start turning some heads here. And that's not me saying that because I'm a Carolina basketball fan. But I do love me some Mac Brown. I remember when we talked about him going scorched earth against the uh, the NCAA, and I absolutely loved every second of it. I love how they got the um, attorney general involved in North Carolina. He's like, I don't think, and that's I don't think you want to do this. Are you sure you want to suspend yeah. him for the and, year? And Are he, you sure? Well, not suspend him. Hold him out for you, the year. He's like, Are, I don't think you want to do this. Here's all the laws that you are breaking by doing that. And they are, miraculously, that was yeah. the new information the NCAA needed. Uh, very convenient hey, that when the attorney attorney general of North Carolina threatens a lawsuit against the NCAA, that threatening with lawsuits, maybe they just came out and they uh, I don't even know what they they've been investigating Kansas for what seems like forever. I, mean, I don't even know if that amounts to a slap on the wrist. That's more of a like pat on the ass and saying, yeah, just don't do it again. It's Bill Self ever ever been guilty. Bill Self is under investigation <laughs> every offseason. He's no, never been, he's, he's never guilty. He's, <laughs> He slithers his way out of trouble. That's crazy. Um, But back to the the, the new games, Arkansas, Alabama, ESPN at noon. And then at 3.30 games, the 3 and 3.30 games, I think, are are really where it gets spicy. Um, You've got Utah and Cal. Will Kim Rising come come back? Nobody knows. It's in the Pac-12 network, so only five people will be able to see it. Um, Oregon at Washington, Battle of Unbeatens, Battle of Top 10 Teams at 7 and 8. 
game of the week. Future Big Ten. It's, yeah, absolutely. Future Big Ten foes, um, without a doubt. And then you've got Texas A&M at Tennessee. That's a tough game for the Volunteers, um, but they're playing against Jimbo Fisher, so I would imagine that's going to be a win. Speaking of Kansas, Kansas takes on Oklahoma State. Louisville at Pitt on the CW, baby. Um, Pitt playing Christian Vigure. Good luck. Good luck finding um, the CW. Now. I don't know. I don't even know where the CW is. It's a Pittsburgh. It's a local Pittsburgh station coming here in Virginia. You wouldn't understand. No, it's national. It's um, national. It's national. I know. But man, but I don't know that game's going to be. <laughs> the CW. That's Louisville. that's the best. That's the best live in ACC so, can come up with. Yeah. Listen, my favorite part of this is like Pitt's due for a random win, and I would imagine it's going to be Louisville. But Pitt has played so many primetime games, and they're not good. No. It's comical at this point. Um, Upset of the week. Upset of the week coming up next game. Arizona Arizona. and Washington State. Arizona's going to upset Washington State. I would put money on that. Yeah. Arizona hung a couple points on on USC. USC's defense has yet to show up this year. Um, Auburn at LSU. That's going to be a fun one. And these these are the – now they're the primetime games here. That's the zero um, defense bowl. Notre Dame. Yeah, and, and Notre Dame has not been good lately. They could be four and three. Third easily. straight loss. Third straight um, loss but, coming up this weekend. Yeah. Now, so, now looking at this from a Penn State perspective, would not be shocked if you're rooting for the Catholics there. You got to USC with, yeah, USC with one loss is done because the Pac-12. Um, there are, two, there are a couple teams that I think are better, Oregon and Washington. But that's all going to shake itself out. USC has to play year. them both, too. Yeah. And Miami at North Carolina, that's going to be a tough one. Mario Cristobal, um, I, there aren't even words to say at what he did um, last week that cost him the game. That was just bad. Uh, then you've got Missouri at Kentucky. Kentucky, they had the hype, and then – um, UCLA and Oregon State, NC State and Duke. That's a tough one. Duke's a pretty good team. They should be four and zero or five and zero. But again, you know, it's kind of how it fell against Notre Dame. But it's a, it's not a bad week by any means. But at the same time, like I, I just wish there were some games flip flop. Like Penn State UMass could be a new game, uh, and I think that would be perfectly fine. But why, why does Fox you know, get a night? Why does Fox get a night slot this week? They can't put Ohio State, Penn State at at eight o'clock or seven thirty, but they can put Oregon State, and UCLA at five so my p.m. Local. Theory, these teams, you know, these teams don't want to play Penn State at night. Penn State at night is tough, yeah. um, and, and and vice versa. Like Penn State doesn't play Ohio State at night. Penn State doesn't want to play Michigan at night. Just like people don't want to play them at night. Fox has the money; they have the Big Ten by the nuts um, because of their deal with Big Ten Network and and all that. So they come in, say their best games at noon, and you want to get those ratings right there, right instantly, and, and get them for the day, and then they're golden. Like Penn State, Ohio State will be highly watched, but so will be Michigan this week. So that's why that's happening. That's And that's a shame because the atmosphere is crazy, but I think it plays into a Penn State's favor when they're on the road, and I think we're going to see that against um, Ohio State on – uh, next week, but we'll talk about that next week. You know, when we talk about um, preview t- previewing that matchup. How is Miami still ranked? 
after that loss, I don't care. I don't care if they should be ranked. If you lose by fumbling when you shouldn't need the ball, you you, you deserve to be out of the top twenty-five. Missouri, yeah, should that be, was Missouri should be in the top twenty-five. You just you just look at you know everything. You just look at the way everything went in that game, and then that happens, and you're like, what? What? Yeah. And it's just so unfortunate for those players because their coach is an idiot. Yeah. Um, that's just inexcusable. Like, and to have coaches on your staff saying that, like, you need to do this, you need like take a knee, take a knee, only for that to happen. Like, come on, man. Like, that's what sucks. But again, it's not our problem. But I'm excited for this weekend of football. It'll be nice to be back at Beaver Stadium. I will be on the road next week at in Columbus in the press box at Ohio Stadium. So that'll be – I'm looking forward to that. Once again, that'll be my third game at the Shoe, which will be kind of cool. So we'll see how that goes and whether that'll be a nice little trip home for me. My wife is, in fact, an Ohio State fan, so um, I'm not watching the game with her. I refuse to watch the game with her. Uh, I will, of course, be at work. She'll be with her with her family watching the game. Her grandfather was in the marching band at Ohio State. So I will be steering clear of that, but it might not be a great opportunity for me whenever I get home from the game, or maybe it will. I don't know. And that remains to be seen. Kevin, looking ahead, what are your thoughts? My only thought, my final thought is I am going to reiterate, Arizona will upstate, upset Washington State this weekend. Ooh. They played within a touchdown of Washington and took USC to three overtimes. That kid, Noah think- Fafita, is only going to get better. And they're playing Washington State at four o'clock local time. It's at it's on the road. It's on the road. I'll give you that. But I think that I I really like that. I selfishly, it's, it's an eight I, point I'm, game. I think it's I think it's it. I'm ready to see USC lose. USC should lose. And Notre Dame, we got it. I don't have to die. It'll be the first defense USC has played. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. But, uh, Notre Dame does not have an offense, so which is a nice little mix-up because USC doesn't have a defense. Okay, there we go. <laughs> it's pretty, pretty even. But that's all we've got for this week. For Kevin Quigley, this has been Jared Pugh on the Latching Out Podcast on the Nitty Sports Now Network. Thank you as always for listening, and we'll catch you again next week.